I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, o Lord. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. 
He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. John 15, 10. Jesus spoke these words to his disciples before giving them the command to love one another. Jesus' commandments are central to the life of discipleship in John's gospel. No command is more central than Jesus' command to love one another by laying aside personal privilege and self-interest for the common good. This is the love that we encounter through the cross at the table, a love which binds us together as one community, the love that pulls a chair out for us and says, sit here, all things have been made ready. This gracious, justifying love lies at the very heart of life and creation. It forms the very heart of the church's call to ministry. Jesus' disciples seem kind of aimless after his death and the disappearance of his body from the tomb. Without a sense of purpose, they return to the only life that they, uh, the only other life that they knew, fishing. They launched their boat in the deep darkness of night, which, as any good fisherman knows, is the, one of the best times to catch fish. They were experienced fishermen, skilled fishermen, and there was absolutely no reason that they should have come back empty-handed. Yet by morning, their nets were as quiet and empty as Jesus' tomb. They had nothing to show for all of their hard work. Anyone who knows fish would be quick to tell you that some fishing trips are like that. You do everything right and the fish just don't bite. But I think there is even more going on here. I think that the disciples didn't catch anything because they were avoiding their true calling in the world. Remember that the resurrected Jesus had already broken into their safe house twice before their little fishing trip. He breathed the Holy Spirit on them. He gave them authority to bind and to loose sin, and he sent them out as witnesses so that other people would receive life by their witness. Yet there they were, bobbing around in the dead of night, safely barricaded behind the gunnels of their fishing boat. Someone might get the idea that they really didn't want to be sent, that they were avoiding the purpose that Jesus had given them. They were working outside of Jesus' commandments, and their work failed. Unless something changed, their nets would remain empty. The life of discipleship is not an easy life. We often try to water it down so that it fits easily into our lives. But true Christ-like love demands so much more from us. It demands nothing less than our death 
in service of the common good. Lest we're tempted to think that this is an easy task, let's consider what we are willing to lose so that someone else can have life. Would we be willing to invest in different sources of energy, use alternative forms of transportation, or modify our energy consumption at home in order to reduce our carbon footprint? Would we we be willing to live more modestly so that everyone could have health care, an equal opportunity for talent development, and life in a safe community? Would we be willing to take a risk and care for refugees, to protect the basic human rights of illegal immigrants, and to regulate systems of power and greed that fuel violence? If we answer no to any of these questions, how can we hope to give our lives in loving service to the common good? It's all too easy to shove off from shore and hide behind the gunnels with our friends, just as the disciples did. We're content to remain within the safety of our lifeboat while the world sinks into the murky depths around us. But this is not why Jesus redeemed us from the dead. This is not why Christ filled our lungs with the life-giving Holy Spirit. We have been given a mission to proclaim God's love for the world and to back up that claim with our actions. It's a mission that we can't hope to accomplish on our own. It's a calling that we cannot hope to fulfill without God's help. So long as we rely on ourselves and our own understanding, our nets will remain empty. The disciples' self-reliance suddenly ended when the word of a stranger came to them in the tranquil safety of their fishing boat. Children, you have no fish, have you? Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. They obeyed the word that they heard, and suddenly their nets were teeming with fish such as hadn't been since the fifth day of creation. So many fish filled their nets that they slowly dragged it to the shore because they could not pull it back into the boat. Immediately they recognized the stranger as the risen Christ. His command gave life to the still waters around their boats, and it produced life abundantly. When they came ashore, Jesus invited them to sit down and eat breakfast. He was already cooking, and with their catch, they had more food than they knew what to do with. Out of this abundance, Jesus turned to Simon Peter and said, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter responded with something which in Greek is kind of like, Yes, Lord, you know that I consider you a friend. Jesus pressed him twice more, asking, Do you love me? To which Peter responded, Yes, Lord, you know that I consider you a friend. Each time Peter responded, Jesus commanded him, Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, 
feed my sheep. In other words, Jesus was saying, if you truly love me, if you are truly devoted to me, if you truly have my best interests at heart, you will love the world that I died to save. You will cherish the world which belongs to me. And you will share every blessing that you yourself have received with anyone who knows any need of any kind. The mission was clear. And hiding was no longer an option. Life and blessing flow into the world from Christ's table. Forgiveness, love, divine life all come to us through this meal. When we recognize the true gift that we have been given, we will not be able to resist the transformation which follows. The Spirit of God will animate our flesh in this world, blessing those around us with love and with life. The less we resist the Spirit and the more we resist sin, the greater experience of blessing and life will be for all of those around us. I do not suppose that we can ever do this perfectly, for we are captive to sin until we are raised from the dead at the end of time. However, I do believe that our daily commitment to love Christ and to cherish the world makes a worthwhile difference. Our meal with Christ forms us for a life governed by the spirit of love. It's the kind of love that addresses itself to the basic needs of creation and works for wholeness and well-being. Such love cannot look upon someone in need and say, you are not my problem. Such love cannot look upon someone in need and say, I have nothing to give you. It's a love which forms the heart of the church's calling, a love that is based in God's generosity, not just to us, but to the world. It's a love that forms Jesus' last command to Peter before he issues Peter one final invitation. Follow me. All who love Christ keep his commandments. All who keep his commandments lay their own lives down for the world that he died to save. Our unfaithfulness is forgiven at his table. And our bonds of love are renewed through this heavenly food. Strengthened with the Holy Spirit and sent by Christ himself, we live boldly in service of the common good so that all might believe. And through believing, all may have life. So come to the table this morning. Sit. All things have been made ready. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.